Thursday night, and you know what that means. The virtual Green Dragon Tavern is live, lit, and ready to rock. Come join us here. And of course, it is the reconvening of the Sons of Liberty. That's right, Radio Contra live on the air. Coming to you wherever you are listening to this live here on the Podbean app. And it is very, very good to be with all of you this evening. Of course, we're going to have a jam-packed show with a heck of a lot to talk about. You see Sons of Liberty live, episode 37, Battleship Edition. We are going to be uh, talking a little bit about the, the naval kerfluffle that has happened in Ukraine. I think this is going to have really big ramifications for uh, a lot of folks down the road, uh, including the United States and namely the United States. And we're going to be breaking that that down quite a bit um, because we know for every action, there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction. Of course, we're also going to be breaking down several of the other uh, headlines of the day and we would be remiss then to talk about right up front. Of course, it is Maundy Thursday. Uh, if you are a Christian, which uh, all of us in here in, in the Sons of Liberty are um, on this, we celebrate the evening of the Last Supper, the conclusion of Lent, um, the... the uh, the beginning of the passion of Christ, which is uh, central, is such a beautiful holiday to us as Christians, bringing it all in. And, um, you know, we, we, we are reminded that we get so bogged down in, in all the worldliness of, of everything of the goings on of day to day. But we're reminded that uh, this is such an important holiday to us as Christians. And, and at least for me, in in my belief, my observance, to me, it's more important than Christmas. Um, it is it, it is the most holiest of holidays to me, um, you know, and, and for everybody else out there, hopefully it's it's uh, the same. Amen. But anyhow, uh, anyhow, with that said, we've got a packed house in here, of course, joined by my very good friend, fellow survivalist. And long time confidant in all things deplorable, Mr. JC Dodge. What's up, brother? Oh, not much, just planning on enjoying the weekend. Looks like we got some good weather mm -hmm. on, on tap. And, we uh, do, even, even if we didn't, like you said, uh, about remembering what this is this weekend's about. That's right, amen, amen. Amen, brother. And with that said, I have a Patriot Man next on tap. 
Uh, Patriot Man, by the way, we, you and I had talked about doing a podcast on Lent, during Lent, and it's yep. crazy how the time flies, man. Like, it, it, I mean, we were talking about that literally as uh, on Ash Wednesday. And, yep. and it just, it, yeah, it just went, yeah, it just went, I mean, I mean, <laughs> We basically got we basically got three more days to do it, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we should absolutely shoot for. It. Yeah, Good Friday, absolutely. Good um, Friday. I think it's probably the most appropriate podcast that that we could do. I agree. Today, I spent some time getting up uh, on the website for Holy Thursday, for Good Friday, and for Easter. Um, all the different scriptures, King New J- uh, uh, King James version of all the scriptures. Um, because I, I want the AP readership to rem- be reminded about what we're doing this for and the glory that we're doing this for. Um, right. You know, th- this, this Latin season, um, I think, you know, the idea of sacrifice is, is, is obviously the central theme of Lent. And I feel like to a certain extent, all of us have had to sacrifice certain things during this. So I think that having, Lent is a reminder that ultimately what we're doing is, is for the big man upstairs. Uh, I think it's a fantastic Amen. thing. So absolutely tomorrow um, we'll bang one out. Yeah. I, I think it's, man, I, I honestly, I, I think it's, it, it, it's cornerstone to both you and I a hundred percent. And I was going to bring that up at some point that there is zero reason that you and I know each other aside from the good Lord having us meet. There's no other explanation for it. So, uh, amen. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And, and, you know, it, it's, you know, is, is active as, as you are in the church and everything that you do, you know, you, it, it's, it's like you meet those people and you know that they live by the virtues that they espouse. Cause like we all know those people, they talk a big game, but they really ain't, they mm-hmm. ain't all that, you know? And, and, and then, you know, you meet those people and you're like, man, this, this guy, like he's, he's the real he's deal. Got it. And, yeah. yeah and, and I'll tell you, like, that is, that is one of the coolest things about what I get to do is, is that I meet a lot of people who are the real deal, like, like more often than not, you know, you're, I can't even describe it. Like you can't even describe it to people out there because like you're, you're, you're meeting so many people who are the real deal. Like they, they, and I have class and it's to your your point. I have right next to me, Jamie Walden's book, mega dynamics, equipping a warrior class of Christians for the days ahead. I, you know, I met him. I had gone out to play out for and to help out um, with scouts at a class at Bob Griswold's place down in Tennessee. And uh, Jamie there is a participant. And if if you sat there, he's the most humble dude in the world. And you, you hear his resume and you just go, how the hell are you that humble? But he was also one of the most men I've ever about, and I don't mean to plug it, but I mean, Omega Dynamics is about equipping the um uh, a warrior class christians for days ahead it is a fantastic book i highly recommend it but to your point you meet these people you just like wow like that is yeah they, they are they are the cornerstone of what we're doing and 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 really a great resource so uh 
100% back at you. I mean, yeah. first time we met, I mean, we were, you know, BS about this, that, whatever. But it was just, it was a weird confluence of events that met us, that got oh, us yeah. together. And uh, and I think it's it's pretty much flourished ever since, so. Yeah, man. Well, re- revisiting Jamie, um, for anybody who doesn't know out there who Jamie Walden is, definitely go look him up, check him out. Uh, Omega Dynamics, check out his YouTube channel. Um, I had the, the distinct honor of having him in class out at uh, Bob Griswold's place. Before, um, he had covid and uh, he was actually moving out to Colorado. And, and um, as soon as he got out there, him and his wife both uh, came down with the Delta variant and, and got in kind of bad shape. And um, he, I was going to have him on before that. And then, like, you know, for whatever reason, man, like life gets in the way. And dude's got COVID. Like, he, he's got bigger things at that point he had bigger things he needed to worry about yep there it was i mean he he was in really bad shape and um so the podcast just didn't happen for that time and and really it's honestly the onus is 100 percent on me man like I, I should be i should be hounding him some more there's a couple other guys out there that you know it's just you're juggling so many things like on on your end of juggling things and, uh-huh. and it just don't you know like things just don't necessarily line up but jamie's been one of the guys that like schedule hasn't lined up on his end it hasn't lined up on my end but but i definitely um I have been very, very uh, pursuant, uh, chomping at the bit to get him to do a sit down for an hour and just to to talk about Omega Dynamics and what he's doing and just really, man, because, you know, it's just like with yourself, man. You talk about a a warrior Christian, you know, a warrior Christian, because I, I don't we got a lot to talk about tonight and I'm not going to get too deep into it, you know, but I knew from the get go that you're not one of those turn the other cheek kind of like, you know, Oh, I'm a Christian because I was raised that way and whatever, but it's kind of, you know, what this, this pacifist religion is just kind of something that we follow. It's not really a dogma, you know, it's more of a social activity. I knew from the get go that wasn't you, and and uh-huh. Jamie's the same way. You're a warrior. You're a warrior for Christ. You're a warrior for your people, for the Christian people of the world, and you make no bones about it, man. It, it's it's he, like he was, hey, this is who I am, and I ain't. I'm not making any compromise there. He he was just. I mean, he gave an off a cuff, forty five minute little speech, and and. The two things that stuck out to me was one that he, I don't think he said the word, um, once it just flowed. I mean, it was quite clear. He was just the messenger was coming from upstairs through his brain out his mouth. And and that was it. And also just the mentality that he had, not only the warrior spirit, but the positivity of it was just, I was, I sat there enthralled. And most, there was what, 15, 16 of us. That was one of the bigger classes I've helped with. We're just sitting around there. I don't think someone, anyone's had a fucking word. We just sat there and listened. This dude just talked, and we're just like, like we're in the presence of greatness. Like this dude is so amazing, and uh, so absolutely. But if you do that podcast, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I have to be on that one. That that is fantastic. 
Scott, if you're talking, we can't hear you. Oh, I had I had my microphone muted. <laughs> but okay, I, I mute it when everybody else is talking. But yeah, um, me too. I I think that was the biggest class that I had done east of the Mississippi at that point. At that point, a hundred percent, yes. Up until the last yeah. scout class we did, yeah, that was the biggest one, I think. Yeah, e- that was east of the Mississippi. I had done a couple bigger yeah. ones than that. Um, and that was a huge class, man. That that was, and now it's, I mean, dude, it, it's providential. I mean, it really is. Like, they, there's people uh, for the upcoming scout course in, in Washington. I've had to turn away. And um, I feel really bad about that. But, I, I mean, you know, it, it's there's only so many people you can take in. Um, you know, and, and once it starts to get over like, like, you know, 18 to 20, it's, I feel like to me, the training value starts to get lost because I can't interact with everybody. I can't, you know, like I, I can't, I don't know, man, when I, when I leave a weekend, when I leave that first day, like that first day is done and I can't remember everybody's names. I feel like the, the class is too big. Yeah. You know? That's just, that's just me. I understand that. I think I think everyone still gets training value out of it for sure. I think what helps is um, when you have other people who, when you can focus on other things and then you don't have to worry about, you know, you have a second RSO or you have someone else who's watching this or watching that. That allows oh, yeah. you to focus more on the student. And I'm not saying that because I've done some of that stuff. I'm saying that because I've observed it where I've been in your small classes where we've had five people in the scout course. And I've been to the ones where we had 25 people in the scout course. And I've mm. noticed that uh, you, I Dude. think, I think that's the key to it. Yeah. Oh man. I remember that class. I loved, <laughs> I loved Dude, I loved every second of that class, but man. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. You Lord and Savior. Good Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they, they each have an interesting yep. dynamic. Each one's man. different. They really do. But, uh, about and it, you know, it's, it's got a forward in it by Steve Quayle. Steve Quayle shouldn't need any introduction to, you know, pretty much anybody. Scott, you're breaking up on my end. I don't know if anyone else has been breaking outside up. of his control. Um, and mine, but it, it is what it is. But uh, there is an interview coming up with Steve Quayle and myself uh, in the very near future. So, but uh, he brought the introduction to James and. I'm- Yeah, Scott, you're in the weeds right now. Yeah, I can't hear him either. I can't hear him either. Yeah. Um, to his point, Stephen Quayle wrote the foreword to Jamie Walden's book. Um, I know we've been working on getting him on Radio Contra, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's... Everybody who knows me knows that I'm not somebody who pushes my personal beliefs over on anybody else. 
I, I'm the left. Oh, I'm going to text him right now. This guy is a good dude. He, he lives by, by his beliefs. Then, you know, it, it is what it is, man. But... I had to send him a text. You okay. need to read that book. You need, yep. you, you need to read that book. I mean, you need to read the Bible, of course, but... There's companion guides to. Uh, scout check text for a lot of folks out there, and um, you know he's he's really something, man. I agree with you. I don't know if you can hear me now. You're coming in super broken for the past two or three minutes. Um, I sent you a, a a text. I don't even know if you heard that, but um, he just he just texted me back saying "grr." Um, <laughs> so I I guess keep the shit moving. Um, JP, what's up, man? You there? So was Icon. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Sorry, I was muted, and then my phone was locked itself up. Ah, no it's, worries, um, brother. No, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Oh, now you can finally hear you. Having to, uh, I'll tell you, man. The, the big culprit here, honestly, is the it's Podbean's live streaming that the, the way it's configured, and there's there's not a lot I can do about that. Oh, I don't doubt it at all. Um, I wonder if there's a third-party plugin you can use something else and type it through. But um, in any case, JP, what's up? I am working on installing a – well, I just installed a mainspring cap spring on my um, operator, my TRP operator from Springfield. The, uh, Ooh, the I guess it didn't come with one from the I, – uh, I must have lost it. Um, some time ago and and then had told myself yeah i'll replace it and then never ordered it and then when i was doing that post on ap the other day um with breaking down both my 1911s because it had been a while since i'd taken a 1911 apart and put it back together honestly i'd forgotten how to do it and um and when i took both of mine apart and put them back together i noticed a few deficiencies so i i ordered some parts i was missing a extractor ejector ejector not the extractor i was missing the ejector roll pin that holds the ejector into the frame um (laughs) which is curious i don't know where that thing went and and um because that's a roll pin i mean that's hammered into the gun it's not supposed to fall out right Um, sounds like qc yeah i i think it was it was probably a bad roll pin because the um the where the the where the roll pin w- went into the frame was still tight and the the and roll pins are one time use um at least that's what i was always taught and well, um generally yes yeah and so um plus they're like 2 bucks so why not just get a new one um and uh anyway i just hammered that other one in good to go uh that was on my rock island and now i just put my um mainspring back together 
but I'm not sure if it's supposed to, if the cup is supposed to be up or down. But it was really stiff, and uh, and now I'm about to seat the. Um, oh, and I just dropped my sear spring. <laughs> All right, well that's the cup. The cup that's over top of your mainspring, uh, in the mainspring housing. Yeah, you're saying as far as oriented up or down. It, oh no no, no. The, I the, uh, the, no I know I know that answer the um okay <laughs> yeah uh, take the take the uh, rod there or the yeah I'm not sure if the um operator is got a little extra tension on it or not um so I'll try it both ways to see if it's supposed to be above or below that little mark and um but anyway how are you guys doing you guys sound good. Good. Hell cool. yeah, man. Doing all good. Cool, cool. Did anybody see any pictures of the battleship on fire? I didn't see any yet. Oh, I no, saw it. I'll be honest with you, I haven't even looked. I, I saw it. <laughs> I, did it really get nailed? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes. Yeah, I got nailed it's real good. Did it get hit twice? Like yeah. they were saying in some reports? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um... It definitely got hit once. That's for sure, for sure. Did it get um, hit in the ammunition storage? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> in the magazine. Direct hit. Oh, <laughs> you sunk <Yep>. my battleship. <laughs> yeah, oh, literally. Um, so, real quick, uh, you know, in case you're living under a rock, if you've seen anything in the news cycle today, um, a Russian guided missile cruiser, uh, Moscova, which uh, I would say is probably uh, Mike was in the comments section earlier today and he incorrectly labeled it a capital ship, um, which Mike ought to know better than to do that. What the, a cruiser is not a capital ship, okay? Capital ship's a, a carrier or something in that size, um. But a cruiser is, I mean, it's a big deal. It, it, it's a, a ship of war. I mean, it's its larger um, in draft and, and a little bit heavier capacity can go at sea longer than a destroyer can. Destroyers are normally used in conjunction with other vessels for to form a flotilla. But, um, yeah, as, as Mechmetic is saying, uh, it's, it's their Black Sea flagship. Yeah, like literally... Uh, literally is, but it, it got hit. And I mean, it was a money shot. It, it was um, the, uh, like the USS Cole where the USS Cole was hit uh, over on the forum. Mm. I was right talking about the waterline. Yeah. Right. At, right at the waterline uh, broadside, wow. literally amidships. I mean, it, it hit it and bam, um, it was bad. And, they evacuated the, the remaining crew. I don't know how many casualties they had, but it had to be high because, I mean, the magazine going up, man, that's like, that's bad. Um, I mean, it, interesting note, like, like I parallel that to the USS Cole, which obviously is a, a Aegis class uh, or Aegis, um, Arleigh Burke class destroyer. Um, when... The USS Cole was attacked, and I had a buddy of mine who was a uh, he was a, a new Marine. He was a boot, and he was there in Aden when that happened. He was on watch, and uh, not 
like at the scene, at the scene, obviously, but he he was on duty when that happened on on you know a, a little ways away from that where it, where it all went down. And um, he's like, man, they they had to literally bring a ship in that they, because they couldn't like the the coal was not seaworthy. They so they had to bring a ship in and lift it up like it it had to actually be like picked up on another boat yeah dry dock boat yeah 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 and and that was what they should have done like the russians i guess they don't have that capability in the black sea or it's just one of those like black swan events that like you never expect that kind of thing to happen i don't know but that was this was like the the this was a one in a million shot, man. And and um, I can't – I don't know the details of exactly what weapon system hit it yet because there's a lot of conflicting reports. Um, I've been looking at this intermittently today. I've been doing a few other things, but um, there's some conflicting reports out there about this. But um, it what it looks like is, is that – it was definitely a Russian designed weapon system because that's what uh, they're using. That's what the Ukrainians are using. And they fired it, um, you know, from, from obviously an area that they still control and it was land based. Uh, the weapon system was land based. So they, they hit it right at the waterline, knowing that, that that's the way that they could ta- uh, target the boat. And yeah, it, it's bad. It, and the Russians were trying to self recover it. The Russian Navy was trying to self recover, and um, and and they lost it. So, I mean, on one hand, you know, like like just purely objective in, in all of it, that's a huge loss, man. Um, that that is bad for the Russian Navy. But what I will say is, is that, uh Dude, there's going to be hell to pay for somebody. I mean, this yeah. is this this is going to get ugly in a hurry. And and if I were a sailor, honestly, if I were a sailor in the South China Sea with the stuff that China's been saying, dude, I would be. I, I would. I would. My pucker factor would be pretty serious, man. Uh, RTO Jerry saying, uh, "Who hit it?" Uh, does Ukraine have the intel on hitting that, or is it NATO? Um, well, I, I would say this, man. There, there is definitely, there's definitely Western powers at work. Okay, that that's just a, a foregone conclusion. You know that. I know that. Anybody with two brain cells knows that. Um, now. Is it Ukrainians that that pulled the trigger on it and loaded the weapon system and everything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Ukrainians are very capable people. I mean, it's you know they're it's not like they're just hapless, you know, and and are getting rough shot, run over, and and just need Americans to white knight for them or, or NATO or whatever. Like they no, they they're very capable fighters, man. And, um, yeah, they, they absolutely pulled this off. I think it was probably the, the crew of the Muscova. The captain probably got a little too ballsy thinking that, that, you know, he can, uh, he, he could sail his ship a little bit closer 
in than than what what the safe distance was and and they got popped that's that's what i think that's my my assessment uh for for whatever it's worth was that was that the indian chief that was uh showing his ass to the uh yeah that guide with the sharps rifle at 1500 meters yeah yeah (laughs) i mean that's honestly that's what this looks like to me is um like hey you know we're we're gonna bring our flagship close to shore we control it you know we're we're gonna take odessa then we're gonna take moldova as as uh joe dolio is talking about uh the last podcast i did with him and um and that's gonna be that man and I, that, that's what I think. They, they got a little too ballsy, man, and, and sailed a little too close and got within that weapon system range. Maybe they – I don't know. I, I really don't know what they were thinking. But they they lost regardless, their flagship. It's bad. Regardless, the Russian Navy isn't going to be sitting right for a good while in the Black Sea. No. No. <laughs> just, no. Like that, it, just like that Indian chief that got his butt cheek shot off. Yeah, man, they they like they're bro, they're they're in a bad way, man. They're in a bad way. But that being said, that being said, I'm sure there was some emergency triage being had on that boat. And our resident expert, Magmatic, is in the house. What's up, brother? Not a whole lot. Um yeah, no, I can only imagine what those dudes were uh, having to, their version of IDCs, I'm assuming, were having to, to deal with, with blast and burns, overpressure, shrapnel. Mm. That shit's fucking nasty. You guys think EFPs the whole, working through the whole time the boat could be sinking. Yeah, so yeah, you think, you think it's EFPs, one thing to be land based. Yeah. That's just one less thing to worry about. But yeah, on yeah. the water. And- yeah, you, like I said, you think EFPs on MRAPs is bad. Any yeah. tank or any ship missiles hitting a, a fucking cruiser is fucking <laughs> hit the magazine. It's a whole other fucking yeah, hitting the magazine too. Hitting the magazine. That's, like uh... we for anybody that doesn't know, man, I think you can find this on YouTube. I, I'm not sure, but look up the USS Forestall disaster. And mm-hmm. when you when you look that up, so like anybody listening to this that that's a sailor <laughs> knows that incident. Uh, John McCain was at the heart of it. Shocker. Um, but <laughs> basically, there there was a a negligent discharge of some munitions on the flight deck. Yes, yes. and. It they, was they like a cascading film. Yeah, when you do your basic yeah, naval aviation course, the they play is, that video. Like the U.S. Navy at that point had trained fighters, but not every sailor was trained to be a firefighter. And so on the forestall, in like the first couple minutes of the incident, because of the, con- the, the cascading failures and all the stuff that was compounding, all the firefighters and they had no way of putting this fire out and then fire got to the magazine and went up and they they it it was bad um and that led to the u.s navy training every sailor to be a firefighter after that and Mm -hmm. and um i mean it's pretty pretty interesting stuff 
are pretty scary places, man. Like they, you know, everything is cramped. All you know, all the compartments are, you know, real tight, and everything is 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 metal and hurts. Yeah, yeah. Like, I ain't got no desire to be on a ship, man. The hell that. <laughs> That's like the the you know guys <laughs> guys would always get mad uh, because you'd say, hey, you got to wear a helmet inside a tactical vehicle. Till the first time they're not wearing a helmet, and you whip around a corner and they crack their skull on the on one of the corners or edges of all the crap inside of a military vehicle. Yeah. You know the uh, yep. guys get like I said, they get mad. Why do I got to put a helmet on, Sergeant? Uh, well, if you do the math, look around you. This isn't a, this isn't a cuckvy with everything is is padded like a regular <laughs> civilian vehicle. Um, I mean, hell, I had I had my in my ASV my uh, I had my head halfway out of the the hatch in the on the uh, front right side, and my gunner forgot to say, hey. I'm turn I'm I'm turning right turning the turret right. Caught my helmet between the the bottom edge of the turret and the top and the the uh, right side edge of the hatch. I mean if it and it only was a second it didn't even mess up the helmet but if I hadn't had a helmet on he just squashed my skull like a grape even as hard as it is. Oh yeah. Yeah, the amount yeah, of times no, I've, I've no bumped my fucking head on shit inside of a oh yeah an ambulance track when you got you know all yeah. of three and a half <laughs> feet of space inside one of those, and half the time I may or may not have had a helmet on because I'm trying to get shit done in a hurry. <laughs> you just hear like a hard you know, one, like, th- thud, and then fuck. One thirteens <laughs> were were uh, fun. Yeah, they're a good time. I love taking them out in the woods. They're fun there. Just all the other times they suck. Ger- <laughs> going, going, going through the through the hills of Germany in the in the pine woods with a guy that has been driving driving one thirteens there for a couple <laughs> of years, and he's and and you're you're hitting these 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 little bottoms where these he's coming snapping right back up. They're almost like at a right angle, and you're you're thinking, how in the world does this thing not get stuck? But it's just, I mean. But man, these things are good. I like the 114s, other than the fact that it's shorter than the 113. Uh, the 114s is one that had that round hatch on the back. It was the, the infantry yeah. uh, vehicle. Um, but uh, yeah, I always wanted to buy one of them after I saw a 2020 episode on survivalists and this dude up in Montana. He had a one third or a 114 and he would patrol the perimeter of his friggin' property. In this 114, at least on the episode of 2020, he did. And I was thinking, that is so cool. Until I started working with military vehicles and, and especially around track vehicles and realizing, mm-hmm. holy shit, the maintenance. Oh, yeah. He had yeah the maintenance you're better off getting is... a bulldozer. Like, yeah. you're, you're getting. Oh, <laughs> like, you're, you're right. Go buy a freaking D7 and do that. You're getting pretty much yeah. the same thing. Killdozer. Like, yeah. Yeah, killdozer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, the the maintenance on yeah. uh, on track vehicles, and that's the thing that people don't understand. Like with this, the, with everyone talking shit on on Russia's push into uh into into Ukraine and, and hitting the supply issues, dog tanks, man, <laughs> man, they have some yeah, logistical. If you haven't done shit with tanks, they have some logistical requirements. 
like a I, lot. I have never done anything with tanks. I've I've been around the, and, uh, and been in Bradley's one and one thirteen. Yeah. Everything they, else uh, was wheeled. Um best my, my ASV on my last deployment, man, that was the that was the best truck in the world. Twelve tons, armored, armored up, you know, monster tires, it'd do seventy miles an hour. And the best thing was I had a red and blue LED light on the front with a European sounding siren. So if I was <laughs> going, going down the road, I have a video where I was clearing a traffic circle. I'm coming in there. And it looked like it looked like some <laughs> something out of Mad Max. And uh, and then we shot up the back. Remember the Noit Rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we shot up Toe Cutter's BMW. Fortunately, the three guys in the vehicle that came flying into the traffic circle were all in the front seat because the whole back the back seat and the trunk of that BMW got lit up by a by a Maldus. And needless to say, I'm pretty sure they all pissed themselves and neither none of them shit for three days. <laughs> it's good times, man. It's good times. But <laughs> But you know that being said, I'm I'm myself. Uh, just uh, been blown up too many times inside of them for that. <laughs> so that's why, man. Like like that's how I conceptualize um, being in being in the navy, like being in a destroyer or in a cruiser, or or mm. you know really any ship, any ship of war. Like you're pretty much in a big armored vehicle, mm-hmm. and you're floating at sea. <laughs> and it's like this <laughs> is pretty this doesn't but like there really ain't nowhere to go <laughs> like if nope. your shit your shit gets blown off in front of you you ain't got nowhere to go like where where are you gonna go man like like the dudes from from uh, the Indianapolis and World War Two. Uh, that's that's where jaws came from like the idea the the concept of of the movie jaws it came from that's why um the the old grizzled shark hunter Mm -hmm. that was in that movie that's why like he he had served on the indianapolis like that yeah he was one of the ones that survived it right yeah 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 that story is jesus christ oh man nightmares nightmares dude no, no, sir. If they'd only had a bunch of scuba tanks with them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Still getting eaten by sharks. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's, uh, it's like submarines, man. So, uh, submarines are just like, no. Yeah. No, this is this is just a bad idea, man. Like, I've got a I got a mountain of respect for submariners. Like, oh, I, yeah. I oh yeah, like that's yeah, you know that that's like the epitome of you. You are you're both a genius, and you you've got a little bit of something wrong with you because you're yeah. gonna go down in this metal can under the water and just like you're literally relying on the accuracy of naval charts and, you know in a boat a that sinks on purpose <laughs> yes, yes. yes yeah well that's, that's, that's crazy. like that jump out of, yeah about to say it's like dudes that jump out yeah. of airplanes that are still well, perfectly good they're that's well 
Well, the two totally different yeah. things, realistically. <laughs> you know, it's right. funny yeah, you say that. That's what there I used is. to. There it is. In I Annapolis. Used to tell people that it's like they say, uh, "You well, you jumped out of a perfectly good airplane." I was like, "I flew airplanes in college before I jumped out of them. There's no such thing as a perfectly good airplane." So at <laughs> least I'm gonna have a parachute on. Have you seen a C-17 before? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> okay. I was I was jumping out of before the C seventeen became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, nah, man. We, get I, up on that C twenty. I jumped the sky crane. I jumped yeah. the sky crane when they still yes. still allowed it to happen. Yes. Nah, man. Get up get up on that short brother C twenty three. You and I have had that conversation before. <laughs> yeah. I think Johnny, me, I, I think you and I talked I, about that too. I think we have as well. I remember. Yeah, that. dude, Sherpa jumps like the most, the most money jump ever, man. Like, no, you're there with just your team. She's like, Blackhawk or Chinook, man. Blackhawk probably is the Black easiest because you, God, you just God. hip thrust off the rail. On the yeah, side, just, it's just so dude. easy. You go up See, with I never, your feet hanging out, and yeah. you're just like, oh, there's the ground. Push I never jumped dude. Blackhawk. Now, that was he, all he, mostly Hueys is what I jumped, so. Mm. I don't mm. know. Were they still in Did you have Long Tall Sally <laughs> playing in the background <laughs> while you were yeah. doing it? Yeah. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't choose, so it didn't make me a sexual uh, Tyrannosaurus. So, yeah. That's great. Get on Carl Weathers on the way out of the bird. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't it's a don't, real don't forget what was as big as a house. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. What's funny is in that in that movie, there uh, you have uh, um, shit uh, Jesse Ventura. And the guy that played Poncho were both Vietnam Vietnam vet. Poncho was an infantry, Vietnam infantry vet in real life. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, until he took that that tree in the chest, <laughs> it wasn't as effective. Yeah, he. Uh, if I remember right, he was like the the military advisor. Well, Ventura was too, but. They kind yes, of brought yes, him yeah. in because, I mean, he was he was already famous pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he apparently but, used to screw with Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger because he would get to the gym like five to ten minutes before Schwarzenegger and his bodyguard, and he would throw a bunch of bottled water yeah. all over himself and start working out, and, and Schwarzenegger would come in and say, Look at this. He's been here. He's been working out for like an hour before we even got here. <laughs> but they were doing. They were. They were going out and running like five miles in the morning and five miles in the evening in that jungle environment. And uh, everybody, but uh, mm. oh, bald black guy. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, he was. He was Ventura's. Uh, it was Blaine's sidekick. Um, but he said. He said he started doing the workout with them Billy the first Duke. week. Yeah, Billy Duke. He said he was doing the workout with them the first week, and he told them to go fuck themselves. He said, you guys can do it. He said, I'll just go ahead and sit here and drink a margarita. <laughs> he, 
he's already. I mean, Billy Duke's one of those guys. He like he's already physically imposing, and yeah, and just a yeah. huge guy. Yeah, him in commando. <laughs> he he just doesn't need to. Yeah, and he's still yeah. like if, if you look at Billy Duke now, he probably aged the best out of everybody in that crowd. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm dead serious, man. Like like look up Billy Duke, man. He he looks like you can tell he's got a little bit older, but he's well. I mean, he's he's you know. God, it's probably like 40 years. Yeah, it's almost 40 years now. Yeah, Predator, like, Predator he's, he's was 80, old. 85, 86. Or no, it was 87. Okay. Was and Commando was, eight, Commando was 84 or 85. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, that was – she's – holy like, shit, that means that I'm <laughs> – I mean, you know, but but Billy Duke, man, he he aged by far the best out of all those guys. You know, like yeah. he he is he he looks almost exactly the same. He, he, I mean, he was um he was in one of the X Men movies. Uh, you know, which X Men movies are kind of old now, like the like the original X Men movies, the ones that had like uh, Hugh Jackman in them and and uh, Holly Berry and all that. But um, mm. it, it like he was in those, and he looked exactly the same. Look like the mm-hmm. same guy, you know. Just like man, this dude just never ages, man. It's pretty, that's pretty cool. Like Carl Weathers, you know, like he's definitely not, you know, he's he's aged. Like Arnold looks looks pretty awful these days. I mean, he he looks really really bad. Um, all that Diana ball turned him, you know, <laughs> kind of rough looking, but you know. Uh, but but yeah, you know Billy Duke, he's he's still looking good, man. Yeah, I like Carl Weathers in um, uh, oh Death Hunt. I like his him and Lee Marvin, Charles, Charles Bronson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good that was a good role for him. But uh, yeah, he the uh, and of course that's the most, Predator's got the most famous handshake in the world. <laughs> the CIA's got you pushing too many papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh so shifting on down the line a little bit, something that I think is um pretty appropriate to talk about, especially uh given that we're coming up on Easter and uh, of course Good Friday tomorrow, Maundy Thursday, Holy Thursday today. Uh, but a story that I ran earlier this morning, which I think was one of the most disturbing things that I have read in a while, and it had to do with um, a medical student saying that abortion is uh, life-saving and a gift. Now, this young lady, um, there's, a, there's a picture of her up, her, her really creepy smile. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's one of the most unsettling stories, I think, that I've read 
in a while. Uh, future OBGYN and current University of Chicago medical student believes that abortion is both a gift and life saving. Um, now I want to say, like, as somebody who who knows a, a lot of doctors out there, and actually, believe it or not, has a lot of doctors that comes into uh, class. This young lady is absolutely not uh, characteristic of, of the larger part of the medical profession. Um, and and I, I, I'll tell you that I, I really, um, I fear for her and her, just because of her ethical standards and, and her ethics, personal code of ethics. Um, but she says she, uh, this is a quote here. I felt a connection between my having an abortion and my ability to pursue my own education, to have economic freedom, to live my life the way that I wanted to. Um, and she told a, a article or a, a, uh, outlet called med page today, uh, in an article about physicians and medical students killing their own babies. Uh, and this med page today is, is absolutely not, uh, again, not characteristic of, of the uh, medical profession as a whole. And, and I know there's a lot of critics to, to the medical profession to, these days, and, and it, I do believe it is well-deserved. Um, but this, this is beyond the pale. This story is absolutely beyond the pale. And, um, you know, I I almost have a hard time believing that they, that her recollection of such a thing is even real. Um but it to me it it's um I really think that it's beyond the pale. Uh as far as just vileness um the the wickedness there that that's in that you know, and for everybody that's that that's listened to this, what I want you to do is not to to reel back and and you know think think all the bad things. What I want you to do on this Monday Thursday is to pray for this young lady. Um, that's what I want you to do because I know that when I saw this story, and of course I, I felt a duty to run it, but I prayed for her. Uh, I prayed for her because. I know deep down, and I'm not going to get too deep into to a lot of life stuff here, but I know deep down um, that she has a very deep psychological pain and a very deep spiritual pain that isn't going to be healed. And her, if 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 this is real that she's stating here, um, it, it's she she is displacing. Uh, to, to get into the psychology of it, she's displacing the psychological trauma of, of what she's done here. But, you know, this these are the times of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, that, that is quite literally what this is. And, and this is this this is the the activities of the wicked, um, you know. But I, I really don't know what else to say other than than just to just offer it up to the larger community. What, what are you guys' reactions to this? I, I think that she, one of two things is going on. Either she is, she's trying to justify to herself the decision she made so many years ago. She's still trying to justify it. Or she's become so calloused to uh, 
morality to to being moral that that she she can say that with with deadpan eyes and and just because that's i mean you know there are people that are just you know they've they've become evil because they've callous themselves to to the good out there and you know to that it was when i saw that you had posted that this morning i just saw a commercial yesterday on youtube it was for Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvanians talking about oh, Roe v. Wade's probably going to get overturned and 23 states are probably immediately going to ban abortion. And uh, you need to talk to your legislator and all because it's your constitutional right to have an abortion. And I, I was just so disgusted to, for someone to say it is your, it's one thing for the Supreme Court to say because it wasn't about uh, your constitutional right to kill a child when they made that ruling. Most people don't understand what that ruling was really about. But the but for them to say it's your constitutional right to have an abortion to basically say it's your con the, you, the constitution protects your right to kill the most innocent among us. It just I was I was so disgusted by that and then this morning i saw that article i said well you know that it's like you said beyond the pale it really is yeah i agree i agree uh snake in the comments was saying that that you know it's it's something that he's observed uh among a lot of uh the the wealthy liberal elite types um that that are you know I would say in the the four hundred thousand dollar and up uh, house mm -hmm. housing districts, um, yeah, I, I can mirror that one hundred percent. What did she say about her econ her economic freedom was based because of the based on the fact she had murdered her child? Because if that's the case, you know, there, there's plenty of criminals out there that have economic freedom because they stole money and killed somebody for it. It's same same. Well, it, it's it's all part of third wave feminism. Like that that statement is rooted in third wave feminism, um, yeah. intersectionalism. Uh, I, man, I really I keep saying that I'm going to do uh, some podcasts on some of the sociology stuff, and and then I just end up not doing it. Hey, God, I really, please, I really, really need to do it. Skip the intersectionalism, please, because that is some mental gymnastics. <laughs> nah, it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, be done because it. nobody else it. addresses it in the right way. Just do it. Do it. it. Like it, it really needs to be done. Well, the guys that haven't been to college, the the readers, the listeners that haven't been to college and don't understand this stuff, like what? Because it's, right. I mean, it is crazy. It's literally nuts. It's it's all about everybody. Um. I mean, I've, I like I remember sitting at college in a communications class, and it like I remember being given a project like we were divided into groups, and we had to find the intersectionality between everyone in our group, and and then like write a project about like what our intersectionality was, and it it couldn't be like you're a student or you're both young or you're both on like Facebook and Instagram. Right. Which of the 10 people I was with, 
that took eight of them out of the running for working on the project together because there's literally nothing going on in their brain that they don't do anything other than stare at their phone. Like, like HP right. calls them, they're the iPad people. Like they've been raised with a phone in their hand their whole lives and they have no personality. Like all through high school, mm. like we didn't have phones when I was in high school. Like you had to ride your bike down the street to go to your friend's house. You would get fights on the way. You'd get beer from the beer store. You know, you're, you'd run into some other, you know, dudes or girls from school and you'd be like, hey, what are you doing? We're going to the mall. And you'd go to the mall, right? And <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. kids today where they just sit on the phone all day long and do nothing. And, um, and literally accomplish nothing. Yeah, exactly. And and they're literally depressed because all on SSRIs, every one of them, or Xanax or um, Adderall, which is basically like Xanax is basically like giving somebody like heroin, and Xanax is uh, I'm sorry, and um, Adderall is basically like like um, microdosing meth. Yeah, it's like meth light. (laughs) It's like meth light, and Xanax is like heroin light because i don't know if you guys have ever taken adderall or xanax but like xanax just kind of like you don't care about anything like literally nothing is good or bad i mean it's like it's crazy and um and then it it was it's wild xanax is wild i can't believe that's legal and then adderall is like literally meth light and uh and they're all on it man they're all on it it's crazy. I, I think I read an article somewhere and it was like uh, some school in the South with like 439 students and th- like 280 of them were on prescription drugs and there was a huge drug problem. And, and then they tracked the, this middle school, eighth grade through high school and like the chart, the, the statistics for like heroin and Matthews were like off the charts. I was like, how can a town survive something like this when basically everyone's under chemical war? It, it, it was right. insane. It drives me nuts, dude. I grew up in Baltimore, huge drug problem. Baltimore County has a huge drug problem. Historically. It, 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 it's ridiculous. That Prince George's, man. Ooh. PG County. Ooh. Dude, I'm working in PG County no, right no. now. I know all about what's going on in Maryland, dude. It's, it's crazy. The, yeah, that's that's the that's always been the epicenter of of the heroin epidemic. Yeah, I mean they're in New Orleans, man. I think I told you one time before that New Orleans, like if if you've if you've hung out in New Orleans, you kind of have an idea of what you're gonna get in Baltimore. Like it's it's kind of the same place. It, it is the same place, and um, so Baltimore's sister city is Atlanta. After World War II, they brought in the worst neighborhoods from Atlanta and and tried to give them factory jobs, and it just didn't work very well. Mm-hmm. Prior to so World War II... Just, they just brought in Atlanta because, like... Basically, was- yeah. <laughs> That's why we have the same accent. That's why people from Baltimore and people from Atlanta have the same accent. So, yeah. uh, Chicago's sister city is Louisiana. So all the problems in Chicago, it, they shut down um, the neighborhood, the, these neighborhoods. I can't remember the name of it. It was 
old seaport and army area where after one of the wars, a lot of the poorest of the poor, whites and blacks, settled in um, New Orleans and they never had the money to leave. And there was really no reason to because they were just going to go back to, you know, their log cabin with an outhouse, like so uh, where there was nothing to do. This was like a hundred years ago before they even had electricity in, 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 you know, 80% of the country in the rural areas. And so they stayed in, in New Orleans and that's where you get like the, the music scene in New Orleans. Uh, it, uh, got, there was huge on drugs, you know, basically every woman was a prostitute in these neighborhoods. They all were having like two or three kids. So the solution to the problem was to create what's going on in Chicago right now by just packing them up and forcefully rounding them up and sending them to Chicago. It started, though, with like some of the earliest forms of advertising were false advertising for jobs that didn't exist to get poor populations to move to a different part of the country to alleviate social stress. It's a yep. true story. That is a true fact. Well, in, in that way, you can reduce the numbers, the aggregate poverty level. When you do that from a, a, a criminology standpoint, when, when you reduce that criminology and sociology, now all of a sudden your politicians in town look like they're really doing something to tackle right. crime and they're going to get reelected. It's the same so, thing that they're doing in, in California, trucking the homeless to different areas and sending yeah. them all off to different places. That's, or packing them up and, and mailing them to Hawaii on an airplane. Or the governor of Texas shipping illegal immigrants to D.C. This is oh, historic man. tradition. That's not oh, controversial oh. at all. That's not controversial at all. That's Ooh. what politicians have been doing in America for at least 100 years. Uh, PG County, he, Prince George's County. That, go ahead. Ah, no, no, no. Oh, let me just say this about Abbott. Is Abbott Abbott loves to play the hero um, down in Texas? If he can do all of that, shipping off illegals to DC, where are they going to go from DC? Where are back they going to go Texas. from DC? No, they, they're not going to go back to Texas. <laughs> they're going to come to North Carolina, man. That, that's where they're coming. Like yeah. that's that are our neck of the fucking woods up north. Yeah, no, they're, they're I'm not. North. I'm not. I'm not happy with what Abbott's doing because they're going to end up in no. my neck of the fucking woods. Because no, because North Carolina is one thing, and they'll offer them some things, you know, some some benefits. But they're going to come up to where they know. Oh, well, we're accepted up here, and I'm going to be fucking flooded with them. So I'm looking at Abbott like, no, how about you just stop them from coming over in the fucking first place instead of exporting your problem to fucking me? Well. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. If if California can shut down their borders over fruit flies, like if you try and drive into California, you have to fill out a customs form. You, you don't have any fruit, right? Yep. You, you got to do that. But it's the same thing you go going to Hawaii, right? You, you got to fill out a customs form. They stay to Hawaii. They, they approach you on the plane. You got to fill it out. Make sure, you know, if you got a pet, they got to, uh, you know, quarantine it for 30 days. Why the hell isn't Texas doing the same thing? Why isn't the state of Texas saying, hey, like, look, we're closing the border. Okay, period. Might be the United States border. The United States border is open 
for whatever reason, but the Texas border is closed. Period. End of story. Why don't they do that? Like it's it's literally that simple. But they're not going to do that. That's the thing. He's a he's a not fake do. politician. Is what he is. Yeah, they're he's, not he's pretending do what they need to do. Right, Rick Perry, the whole they're all connected to the Bushes. They're not going to do what they need to do. They got to where they were by patting the palm and kissing the ring and doing all the things. Yeah. That's the way they they that is the way things are done. And they're never gonna do the things that need to be done to actually fix the problem. Because if you ever fix the problem, then there's no longer a problem to fix. <laughs> you don't no, have no, anything yep. to run on after that. Okay? Come on. Demo- don't Democrats playbook for the last 40 years. So what but the Republicans do it too? They, oh no, no, I'm no I'm 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 not disagreeing with you. Both sides. Yeah. So we're gonna fight for gun rights. We're gonna fight for gun rights. All right, you had a majority, then fucking pass universal cat, like pass all these things. No, no, no. They need something to campaign on, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, we're. I mean, it, it, you know, we're getting into election season. We didn't get to the bottom of 2020. Like 2020, a lot of fuckery. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot of questions that remain and, 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 and shit that's running under under the fucking the the headlines in Arizona, Wisconsin about moves that judges have made and yeah. and, and that a, a highly high placed elected officials have said. And it's yeah. just like eh, whatever. It's yeah, it happened. Whatever. It's in the past now. Because God forbid you challenge the sanctity of the elections in this country. Like God forbid no. you do that because you're you know doing a cardinal sin. It's, it's not. They, they're not they're not going to fix anything, man. Like, it, it's, oh, well, well, we'll just vote harder in 2022. Tin voo baby. Tin voo That's what that, that's that's yeah, my you, that's my preaching right now is tin voo man. There's no vote, no right way out of this. It's just, uh, you know, it's what you it got, is. You, you got Sean Hannity's of the world, uh, you know, getting out there. This little, little CIA lapel pin. I mean, he's telling you who he works for. Like, right that right out there in the open. Uh, you Hannity. That's why I loved uh, Savage, man. Sa- Savage built like the, the wall banger, calling him the wall banger, the drywall hanger from New York. You know, <laughs> but he's, he, he, I mean, because it's true, man. And uh, you know, well, the good people, the good people, of the FBI, the good people, of the, there's good people. There's just a couple rotten apples. Yeah, at the top, just hiring everybody else. Just picking and choosing what they're Oh, I do. hate that shit. Nah. Oh, there's a few good apps. Nah. Bro, come on, man. Nah. Like, nah, 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 nah. And, and, and that's, that's one of the things. And, and, and Scout, you'll attest to this. People have laughed at me or made comments about my car when I come down to North Carolina because I have a thin blue line sticker and a no step on snack stick on the back of my car. I'm like, you realize those are opposites, right? I was like, yeah, but the thin blue line gets Not me really. out of tickets in, in New in, you know, in, in, in New Jersey yeah. and Pennsylvania and New York, that gets me out of tickets. Uh, yeah, of course, I know there's a fucking difference between the two things, but there, it's so funny that so many people who were like, oh, you know, you're, you ain't going to take my guns, my lobby, all that shit. And then they turn around and in certain instances, they're like, well, no, I support the FBI. You're like, do, do, do you understand the FBI is the ones who's running the stings and running the bullshit, you know, ops that are causing them to try to take your guns do you understand that I'm and, and they're, they're lost to it yep they're absolutely I'm lost to it 
Yes, sir. Mm. Which is still a thing. Still a uh-huh. thing. Still very much a thing. I saw a headline. Um, I don't know. I might run this story tomorrow. I, I saw something. I've got it up right now, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something with this. I'm gonna do something with this. But anyway, um, that that shall be disclosed tomorrow. But there, there's been. Uh, there's actually a French journalist out there that has done a deep dive mm-hmm. on the history of, of uh, Operation PatCon and how that is playing into this uh, Whitmer case. And I'm gonna, I, I'm just gonna come right and say it. I've said it in a few private conversations to you guys. Um, the FBI, the last time the FBI looked this bad in public coming off of this Whitmer case, the last time they looked this bad, what happened? Does anybody know? Last time the FBI fucked up this bad? Um, or Oklahoma down City. Church? Yeah, I was going to say Oklahoma City. Wake up, right? Yes, Wake sir. Up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was uh, yeah. the murder of... Um, oh, man, that gentleman's name, the Green Beret. You know, I used to know Mickey all of Weaver. this stuff. Yeah, that yeah, poor guy, Randy man. Weaver, he, he survived it, but they killed the rest of his family. Killed his, his daughter. Yeah, it was it was it was Ruby Ridge first, then it was Waco, and then they had to backtrack from Waco. So all of a sudden, oh my God, this Waco happens. This militia movement is, is and again, I, I was a baby. I was fucking four years old when this happened, but I've read on it. It was oh, this now this militia movement is exploding in militia and all in, in Michigan and all this shit. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, everything went fucking dark. Yeah, and it was like, you know, and now remember, the militia's vilified. And JC, I, I know that I you... I remember the... Yeah. With Waco, I remember it being in the news. And I remember talking to my cousin about it. And he said, well, yeah, now they're saying that they, they had a meth lab in there. I was like, what? <laughs> and, I mean, they were... The, the stories they were putting out. And then I remember uh, April 19th, you know, um, and we're coming up on the anniversary here. That's um, priceless. They say there's a meth lab at Waco, and so they burn it down, but then they flood your yeah. middle school full of Adderall and Xanax. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why? Well, it's because I it's mean, a prescription. Yeah. It's right, okay. Right. Yeah, as long as the as long as the legal drug pusher signs off on it, it's fine. That's all it is. It's just like Oh yeah. As long as the CIA is the U.S. government is anyone allowed to print money. Everybody else yep. is a counterfeiter. Well, it's the same thing. Doctors are the only ones that are allowed to push drugs. Everybody else, they're they're drug dealers. Yep. And, did you I mean, know? Um, same same. Did you know the DEA can just type into a system, and they can look up how uh, the doctors and how many pills they're prescribing. Yep. And what yes. what pills they're prescribing. Yes. So oh, yeah. how could what took so long to catch the Sackler family running all those pain pain pills? Money talks, baby. Money, Money talks. Yeah. I mean, serious talks. question though. How <laughs> no, could nobody figure that out? Well, no, they figured it out. They just until it got to the point where there was public saturation and that much anger, they basically probably told them we can no no, they knew. They just said we can no longer defend you in good faith. Like you guys have fucked up so bad no, no. that we can't like, you know what happened? All the federal agents for the DEA, they their daughters finally hit high school and college and all got addicted to dope. And then the DEA <laughs> oh. agents were like, you know what? 
Uh, all those idiots on the internet with the frog memes, they might be onto something. <laughs> you, I mean, well, it, there's more to it than that. Because what you what you run into with um, with that, it's, it's not necessarily just the doctors. Because the, the doctors are, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. I just dive a little deeper yep. into this. I, I know a little bit about this. Yep. Um, what it is, is you have clientele come in. If you're a doctor who you list your practice as being pain management, right? Which this, this stuff is getting cracked down on like hard now. Yeah. But that, that was, that used to be a thing. Like it'd be yeah, the, the pill mills. Yeah. And, and they invented fibromyalgia. They, they literally invented that. All right, to sell people pills. Yep. All right, that was. I'm not saying that I, there isn't people with inflammatory nerve problems. I, man, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, right? But I am saying that if you go to a doc and you're like, "Hey, I'm," you know, I just hurt all over all the time. Man, that ain't yep. gonna get. You know, I'm just saying. Well, that well, and Matt, it's it, 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 it's not just that. It's it's. Also, the idea that they would prescribe this shit and not have an off ramp to it. Yeah, and and I, you know exactly what I'm going to bring up. My my sister in law passed away because of an opioid addiction, and the doctor who was prescribing the opioids to her got arrested and charged criminally, and is in jail for many decades because this person, when they would prescribe the pain pills, did not have an off ramp for it. You're supposed to have, when you prescribe those pills, you're going to have it for this amount of time, and then we're going to wean you off this. And this person not only did not have an off-ramp for patients, but it was also selling pills on the side. Yeah. So this issue in particular pisses me the fuck off because obviously I've been affected. But that, that's a large part of this is that it's, it's partially the big pharma, and they're producing this stuff, and they knew the trials. They knew everything. And yeah, you're right. It, Snake, I see you. It's funded, yeah, by, by big old government doing this. Yeah. And then it was also the doctors who at some level forgot their oath. And they said, you know what? I'm getting so much money to push this stuff. I'm going to push it. And I'm going to go further because the money is so lucrative. And that is what happened. And now we're in the predicament we're in. And that's why once enough people started to have issues with it and it got saturation because one of the biggest things that we talk about in, in, my, in my line of work is saturation of issues. Once the issue of opioid abuse got so saturated that it could not be ignored, that's when all of a sudden the politicians there said, hey, your money's not talking anymore. The public's talking more. And that's when they turned on them and basically forced them into the settlement, which the settlement, what they made off of what they had to pay for the thing, it's, it's not comparable. But at some point, the politicians had to turn and say, your influence is no longer important because I have a different constituency to worry about. But it took a lot of effort and saturation of the issue to get to that point. Oh, the last two years proved that the, the oath doesn't mean as much as that paycheck they're yep. getting per patient. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, this, the last two years has blown the door wide open on why people should, should question everything they're told by the supposed yep. medical professional. Yep. I think you that know it's yeah, no, really right, wild, though. So I wonder if they used 
uh, legal argument somewhere along the lines of, you know, well, tobacco kills 200,000 people a year. So why can't we kill 100,000 people a year? I mean, I don't know. They're just looking at the dollar signs. Yeah. But that could be an argument that they were getting for. for, for, I mean, it it really could have. I mean, it had had have. I mean, the hospitals, hospitals were getting, man, they were getting a ton of money if if a person came in and they said that they had COVID. Oh yeah. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. It's it's they were they were you know hospital administrators all the way down the line, you know they and and what's sad is. How how utterly stupid some of the lower le- lower level medical professionals, nurses and stuff are, as far as they just took it hook, line, and sinker. And the ones that didn't, they questioned it, got let go, got pushed out. They yeah. got the stupid ones because the stupid ones are doing what they were told. And so it's you know, like I said, you should really uh, you know, I, I you should really question the people that are still there. You should question their their yeah. ability, and and uh, you know I'm. It, what concerns me now is I have two small kids, and you know the thought of you know I know when when uh, my daughter was born last September, the, the thought of being in a hospital, you know my wife delivering a child, yeah, that scared the shit out of me, because I didn't know what kind of stupid game they were going to play. As far yep. as masks and vaccines and tests and all, those people were so stupid. They actually, my wife delivered, I mean, she delivered fast. It, you know, the baby was here, it, it was two hours, if that. And they, it happened so fast. We got into the hospital. They pretty much had to rush her into the delivery room. And the uh, the midwife came in and almost basically did a, uh, a shotgun uh, catch as a quarterback across the room because it was, I mean, she just came fast and, uh, yeah, they actually, they actually gave my wife a COVID test after the baby was delivered because we, we went through the process so fast. They didn't have, but they had to go through the motions and they had to check the block. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Holy shit. Is this the military or what? <laughs> Because that was one of my biggest pet peeves about the military was checking the damn block. They've stopped training medical providers to actually like critically think, and you just it's it's just to to do what you're told now. Um, One of the big well, the one a lot of them I think yeah. One of the big ones that are still there can't critically think. No, they they can't. I think that's Um, the ones they kept. One of the big things uh, with the COVID is they did a study on ivermectin, and they they did it for like ten days. Yep. On a really stupid low dose of ivermectin. And so what doctors were doing is after the study came out is they were dosing people with ivermectin. And even if they were improving on the 10th day, they stopped administering ivermectin. Well, because the, the, right. the study That's, only that... tested it for 10 days. It doesn't fucking matter. It's off-label, off-label yep. use, dog. You can do whatever the fuck a you guy, want. Yep. A yep. guy I work with died because of that. Yep. He was, That's he was, how they, they killed my grandfather. last rights. They gave him last rights. This was, this was two, two months ago. They gave him his last rights, and so the so his wife said, told the doc, "I want you to give him ivermectin." Well, no, I can't do that. Well, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, you're going to do it. They just gave him last rights. Well, you worry about him dying, so the doctor had her sign off on it, and they did it. But then they only did it 
for a certain number of days and he improved every day until they stopped giving it to him and he was dead 24 hours later well here's what i'll say about that two things one is um the fact that i was i had to fight i had to go to a second doc to get ivermectin i had no taste and smell i wrote about this on ap i had no taste and smell for seven days i took ivermectin Literally 12 hours later, I tasted the smell back. All my symptoms were gone. And of the 13 people I've known who've taken it, it worked for 12 of them. Um, with regards to the medical industry, I, I screenshot a conversation. I have a, a very good friend who lives out in Hawaii now. She went into the medical field, and we reconnected recently. And she spoke about her experience with the medical field. And... She basically was her, her biggest argument, and this ties into to everything we've been talking about, was that she would say, oh, well, this is an alter, alternate treatment for X, Y, Z. Maybe we should try this. And they would say, no, well, you know, this is the, the main drug we give. So we give it. And so she mentioned that, you know, she was having ethical issues. She was blackballed out of management because of it. And then when COVID hit, she was saying, well, this is work. I'm reading the medical journals. This is working. That is working. You know, why don't we do this? And they said, no, absolutely not. We're not going to do this. And, they, and she was like, why? And and she says, they weren't letting me do science. They were wanting me to play corporate pharma, and I wouldn't do it. And then they wanted her to get vaxxed, and she refused. And she ended up losing her job, and now she lives in Hawaii. But that's an anecdotal evidence of someone who you know, I've known for more than half my life who was in the medical field and experiences and saw firsthand that the fact that big farmer controls everything and that and was, a was a lot critical of critical thinker and she was and she's always been one of the smartest people i've known yep. so i i don't expect anything less from her but the idea that you you can't you can't try this you can't do that because they've banned it my doctor gave me ivermectin three months later i talked to him and he said he was banned he had two more weeks to pres- prescribe ivermectin and then he was banned otherwise he'd lose medical license and he goes, in my 30 years of practice, I've never seen this. I've never seen them tell me I can't do something for a pay. First off, who the fuck are you to tell me what I can and can't do with my patient? First off. Second off, I've never seen this coordinated effort against it. And so I, then I went for a physical in January and he goes, I can't even, he goes, I don't even want to talk about it. He's like, I'm going to get mad. And, and he was just flabbergasted because of this whole, it's controlled by the money. And it's a sad thing it's really that a conspiracy it is. And, and JC, it's bad that you have to sit and think about with your kids, whether or not the care they're getting is legitimate. That shouldn't happen. That is bullshit. Right. I, well, I've questioned, I've questioned every time we, we've got, um, she's had to have, in, you know, different inoculations. And when we went in, we took her in for, I believe it was, it was first month. And she was getting one and it didn't sound like the same thing that my, my son had gotten a year and a half prior or that my two older adult kids had gotten when they were younger. Yeah. So I questioned it. I asked, I asked the the nurse, I said, well, wait a minute, can you hold off on this a second? And I was like, what is in this? Because I'm, I was waiting for him to try and slip the vaccine in. Yeah, I really was. And, and so she said, well, it's this, this, and this, I said, why does that not sound familiar? I said, you know, this is my fourth child. This doesn't sound familiar to me. And she said, well, what they've done is they've combined these, these things together 
And I was like, I don't know how my wife and I were both like, I, we really don't know if we want to do that. She's like, Oh, okay. She said, that's fine. She said, uh, if, if you want though, before you decide for sure, she said, I can have the doc come in and explain it to you. Maybe, maybe make you understand. So the doc did, she, she was decent enough to come in. She explained, she said, look, she said, these are, these are combined together now because it is, it is easier to easier to do it. And it is prepared in a way that, that we, because if they didn't do it that way, they would have to prepare it in, in the, the, uh, doctor's office. Yeah. And these ones, they come, they're prefab. And, and I said, okay. I said, well, but, but it pisses me off that I have to, I have to look and, and I mean, seriously, critically think about this. Okay. Does this doctor have my child's best interest in health at, at heart? Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it a big pharma thing? Because that's uh, for the rest of my life, I will look at things that way. I, that, right. It's somebody that I'm responsible for real quick on the MMR thing. I have never seen more reactions to shots than I have with MMR shots. It's a lot to give somebody at once. Really? It's, it's well, I, I was always lot. wondering, and that's that. for like grown ass adults. Kids. It's a lot of things. Yeah. We'll always see dudes like they'll get nauseous. They'll get woozy. Like if someone's going to pass out, it's going to be, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, it's going to be when we're doing the MMR, the MMR shots. Yeah. That's and, interesting. And I, you know, I've, I've never been on the bandwagon of the autism because of vaccine stuff. Yeah. Although yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm, I'm true. not saying that it, that it can't happen and everything, but yeah. I, I've, I've always been like, you know, up until recently <laughs> I've been more more trusting than I probably should have been. And, and this is after, you know, the last vaccine I had was the anthrax shot. And the, I got the day before, cause we were, de- it was a, we were deploying the day before I had got my eyes tested. I had 2010 vision. The day I got the anthrax shot, I start, I had dizzy spells and, and nausea and stuff for a week. I have had to use reading glasses ever since. Wow. The day I got that anthrax shot. Wow. And I had 2010 vision the day prior to that. So, it, you know, when people say, oh, this, you know, this, that, and it doesn't affect whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know things affect everybody differently. I understand that. And in the military, I mean, like I said, the check the block thing always pissed me off. They, we were getting ready to do a two week long patrol from Northern Iraq down to Kuwait. And the medic came to me because I had just come back from leave. He said, hey, you got to get your flu shot. I said, Doc, can you hold off on that until I get back from this patrol? And and he said, No, we gotta, you know, check the blocks, aren't you know, because you gotta you gotta get. So he got it. I had I had basically a a moderate form of the flu the first two days of a two week long patrol. Which, you know, okay, it, it sucked, but you know, you know, fuck it, drive on, whatever. But it, it just it because they had to check the block. The, the, the lack of critical thinking, you know, cause, and, and here's the thing. We were in combat. You know, we were we were going through different situations. I, I could have ended up being in the middle of a firefight with the flu. And and it just, you know, it'd been bad enough in a training environment, you know, but th- that's just, you know, things like that. You know, I'll get off the soapbox, but holy shit, that that kind of stuff. The last two years has just really opened it's, my eyes completely 
and and I know a lot, a lot of other people too that I would have never believed would have actually started looking at things from an Alex Jones perspective are now. Yeah. Yep. So. I agree with that. I have I, I, uh, two sentences. I have many friends who never thought like me are now going, well, shit, I see they're wrong on this. So what else are they wrong on? And the frogs are my, gay. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The frogs are gay. God damn it. Cute, cute, scout doing his fucking uh, uh, Alex Jones impression. His impression. But, That's but making the frogs gay. There you go. There you go. I mean, it is. It's it's just a sad day when I can't. Now, granted, I found a doctor I could trust because he prescribed me ivermectin because he knew it worked. And his medical up until his medical license was threatened, he was good. Um, it just it sucks that I had to work so hard to find someone who would be that way. You shouldn't and have to. Not in that profession. No, not at all. I agree. Because Absolutely. first, do no harm. That's a, that's supposed to be the right? rule. <laughs> Yep. You know what's interesting about the flu shot is you see it it gotten sick both times I've gotten it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, in the army, you line up for like the third time that year to get your flu shot, and you're like, Mm -hmm. "Is this even the flu shot? Like, what what are they giving us?" And but and then um, Uh. it's marketed like towards like older people because you know they tend not go out much and have much interaction so they they you know if they get the flu it could be quite severe and uh but then like is the flu really going to kill like a 25 year old soldier in the middle of iraq like come on the reason why you have to get it three times is because you've got someone in s1 that is fucking terrible and retarded with med pros and can never <laughs> upload shit properly so no one ever oh. gets, like everyone forgets the form so anytime and for anybody that's still in, whenever you do get your flu shot, go immediately after they have you fill out that form and put all the shot information on it. Go make a fucking a photocopy here. of it and keep that fucking photocopy with you. So next time they do the fucking shot thing, I just had to deal with this bullshit. People are like, I already got it. I'm like, well, man, if it's not med pros, you ain't gotten it. So I don't know yep. what to tell you, man. Like, my hands are fucking tied. The one that they spray up your nose. We don't use fucks that one me, anymore. Fucks me up, dude. I'll have a freaking headache for like three days after that thing. And and like it I don't know, man. My sinuses feel all weird. I that's the worst one in my opinion. Yeah, we just do the, the pre-built syringe. The um, Yeah, we just use the the IM shit. We don't do any of the the nasal stuff anymore. But yeah, it's because people don't know how to put shit in med pros. That's that's the big reason why we see so many people having to get shots over and over again. Hell, we had dudes that got shit when we did PHAs, and supposedly the state was handling it. And nope, they're on the shot list. <laughs> yep, glad I'm not in. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for, for multiple six reasons. Months. Six now, months. Yeah. Oh, that, I was, that's I was it, just Max? telling six somebody months. this morning. I said, I told somebody this morning, I said, yeah. They were like, oh, do you miss being it? Nope, not at all. They're like, why? Why? I said, because they're allowing women in the infantry. Like, what? I said, I said, there's enough problems, interactive problems, when you have all men or males in your squad or in your platoon. There's enough problems there. 
to have even one or two or three, because if there's three of them, there's probably at least one that is all about the drama. That is, she's screwing one dude while she's dating the other one. <laughs> and, and, and then it's a, oh, oh, he raped me when it's found out. And then you've got two dudes in an infantry unit that are getting ready to go to blows with God knows what. And, uh, you know, I just, I just think it was one, one added problem, not to mention the hygiene issues in the field. Um, that, I mean, yep. guys have enough hygiene issues in the field when you're out there for 30 days, yep. you know, not to mention female. And, and it's like, you know, any female that's ever done any time in, in the, in the field should be the first one to say, yeah, that's, it's, <laughs> It's a whole different ball game, um, but you know it just like I said. I there's multiple reasons I'm glad I'm not all this dumb shit that's going on. Uh, you know, I, I unfortunately my my son was going to enlist four years ago when he when he turned 18, and the recruiter pissed him off so bad that he said, "Fuck these guys! I'm not going to be any part of anything they're in." And I thank God now that that he didn't enlist yeah but at the same time now we got the bullshit going on where you know they're they're talking about draft and everything else and somebody said well it's not like you have skin in the game you're not in anymore i was like like you know what fuck you i said i've got a 22 year old son that could be drafted absolutely gets drafted i'm I'm gonna have to re-enlist and go go with him because i'm not he's not going by himself Well, you know, I, I look at it as a blessing in disguise as well. You know, I don't really ever talk about it. I had talked um, when I was done with undergrad. I had looked at um, basically going to National Guard to, to pay for grad school. And, um, you know, oh, ultimate ultimate. Well, no, I didn't. This was years ago. <laughs> and um, ultimately, I got a full time offer from the university that I was working at and I got my grad school paid for. But looking back, it was good. I was going to do a, um, a six by two. And I would have still been in now. And now seeing how bad everything turned out. And I, I don't talk about it because I hate the whole coulda, shoulda, woulda bullshit. I don't ever do that shit. But, like, I'm so happy I didn't do it because, fuck, I mean, from when I would have signed the papers to now, how batshit crazy everything has become. Nah, no, nah, I'm good. And Hell, just a would- recruiting commercial. It's enough to make you want to stick a stick a gun Don't in your mouth. Yeah, oh, my right. Don't. Oh, oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking I've gender fluid a person, and I'm a war. I've been fighting for my gender identity since I was eight. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. What are you even talking? She about? She doesn't even know what her gender ID is. Right, she's yeah. not, she's not a biologist. Yeah, she's yeah. not a biologist. <laughs> yeah because that's yeah that was the best one of the best things that jumanji brown said in her in her confirmation <laughs> jumanji brown. <laughs> somebody so asked me good. why i called her that i said because she's as fucked up as the game and they're like uh i don't think that's her name i was like it fits it fits 100 percent. that's hilarious holy shit that is so right patent pending mason dixon tactical 2022 <laughs> oh poor scout i feel like has been left out because i see his 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 name glowing but i don't think he's been able to speak for quite some time and he hasn't responded to my text so i think he's having major internet issues no nah, um, i'm here oh well shit what the fuck 
I was just letting y'all go at it, man. I don't know. No, no, normally, you at least have like an affirmation of like, yeah, or what. I just, you were silent for like no, 25 I mean, minutes. I was like, like let y'all go at it, man. I, I'm just sitting back and enjoying the ride. Like, yeah. All right. All right. I I, would, that's not normally not your style. I would <laughs> like to say <laughs> I am six white claws deep, and I'm going to have a headache tomorrow, almost certainly. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I mean, it's pro- pro- it's part of that is probably White so Claw much is disgusting, and you're not a man. Because was, well, J- J- JP, the, the problem is is that you're letting so much air in from your gaping vagina for drinking that many White Claws. <laughs> so that's that's partially the issue there. You uh, know, push your pussy back up inside there. And, I could and be, be downtown here. hanging out with <laughs> 20-something ladies and I'm here getting roasted by you guys. What? Yeah, you'd be yeah, sitting there. The ladies. Ladies. Yeah, yeah, they you'd be the sitting there with some twenty-something girl sitting in the corner. Oh, never mind. I'm just kidding. Just yeah. Well, you, you know, well, what it would be is there's some twenty-somethings that are there, and you're also there, but that's about the extent. Of it. <laughs> well, you you guys know what you know what a white claw is, don't you? It's it's a 1980s wine cooler in a can. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to lie, uh, full confession, they're actually pretty damn good, but yeah. I can't have more than one at a time. They're, they're I mean, delicious. I, I, they're actually I should, delicious. I should really drink. I've never even had one, so you, you, uh, they're, got, you got They're one. actually drinking pretty delicious. Liquor. I'm drinking liquor like yeah. a man. Yeah. Hey, J- I, I, by the way, JP, water. I'm thinking uh, the text you sent me about the 30th. Yeah. I think I'm going to be down there for that. Oh, buddy, I'm excited. Yeah, so we're going to make some plans. Okay. White claws for the win. Oh yeah, that's definitely what we're talking about here. <laughs> I mean, white claw there'll tasting. probably be. I'll tell you what. If there's a beer truck, I'm gonna go to the beer truck and I'm gonna get two of them. I'll, I'll, I well, if you're gonna get two, I'm gonna get three. Says. Fuck. <laughs> Where are you gonna hold? Gonna get two. I'm gonna get three. Oh. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold one in each hand and one of the tap in my mouth. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh speaking, JP. Speaking of uh, speaking of getting together, the uh, I just found out the other day the place that I have to qualify every six months for work is right next to the site that you want to do this thousand yard shooting at. Probably the same place. No, no, they're two different two different entities, but they're well, they're one's okay. backed up to the other. Okay. Yeah, I just found that out last week when I did a call. But are you ever going to show me those? H and K FAL skills at the range. Entirely different direction. Well, I don't know. I figured I was going to bring the three thirty eight for sure, but you know, I'm just saying. You have a three thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. His what? neck. What? What's going on? I just. You just. Are you going to pull out those two? I was like, I thought that was going to go an entirely. Different direction. We weren't, it, dude. Me and him were in the army, not the marines. <laughs> same, oh, same. That was funny. You were airborne. Well, infantry is infantry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they call it the infantry because we're immature. Yes. Literally, that's why they call it the infantry. No. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it's called that because once you are separated from the parent organization, you will be killed quickly. 
It's like an infant fed to the wolves. That's quite literally where the term infantry Really? Yep. Yep. I never knew that. Somebody tried to tell me one time because they had a bunch of babies with them. And I was like, what? What? Like, no. That's a that's actually a good one too, though. That that's you know. So that goes back to the whole you you know, your mama wears combat boots, insult. Your mama wears combat boots. Like, yeah. Yeah, I heard that growing up. Well, that's on that new commercial. The new army army recruiting commercial. Infantrymen. Wow. Both mothers. Yeah. Sally's got two mommies. Blue hair. Yeah, but the, but the Russians commercial is a Spetsnaz dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so Scouts, your point. Man. In English, use of the term infantry began around 1570s describing soldiers who march and fight on foot. The word derives from Middle French infanteri, from older Italian infanteria, from which English also get infant. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole idea behind Fenteria was foot soldiers too inexperienced for cavalry. Mm-hmm. That is That's fascinating. Correct. That's yep. correct. Words mean yeah. things. Which because... uh, historically <laughs> means you're too poor to buy a horse. Yes, you're too poor yes. to buy a horse. Your dumbass is walking with a big ass you, you You had to be of nobility to be in the mm-hmm. cavalry. I mean, well, I'm typically you know, walking with a big ass pike. Oh, pike, not pipe. I'm sorry. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, the construction well, pipes don't count, but well, try again. The funny thing about that too is the infantry had, or the uh, the British had dragoons. Dragoons were mounted yep. infantry. Uh huh. Yep. They would they would ride to the fight, and then they would dismount and fight as infantry. And uh, you know, I always thought the concept of the dragoon was actually pretty cool, considering most of iraq and was, afghanistan that's how things that's how things worked out it was basically a, dragoons it was a more professional fighter a, a dragoon was speci- it was a specific category it was a a guy who was contractually bound rather than somebody who was conscripted so a conscript it, right right if you know like you're, you're your run-of-the-mill light infantryman was usually somebody who was just snatched up from the village. Like, hey, you know, all of your kids under 18, you know, military-age males, like, come on, you know, you're going to get a pike, and that's about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and here's how you stand in a line, and you're gonna this is what we're going to do. Right, and I mean it's you know it's, it's pretty heinous, and and a dragoon was actually somebody who was a professional fighter. Um, they 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 were experienced, had been in a few battles and proven themselves, and were actually paid. Um, so the, that was noble, but it would be something akin to what we know of today as an NCO corps, like they. They, they were guys who also were utilized. This is where the uh, military police come from, too, um, was the the dragoons. That, that was the idea is that you were behind the the infantry, the, the actual line of, of your, your cannon fodder, so to speak. And if anybody tried to desert or break and run, the dragoons were behind them and would shoot them. And so it was just like a enemy at the gates. 
um, where they they're in the boat and they're they're crossing over and you know they're getting ready to get it on, and some of the guys were you know. You know, the, the Red Army, they had deserters and stuff, and the guys were shooting them, the commissars. Those were the dragons. Yeah, the vickers behind That was them. a real thing. Yeah, they, mm. that was a real thing, man. It, that was that was something that they absolutely did. Um, and dragons were also tasked with rear security. So when you, when you would have a, a line pass through an area, they would actually secure, like, the routes of ingress and egress. And so that's why today a, a lot of that actually has to do with how like like some of the tasks that military police are tasked with on the battlefield. That's one of the things that they they're there to do is to see. Well, in Route theory, security, I'm not really control. sure what they do in reality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, in in theory at least, they're supposed to do all of those things, pulling security and doing all that stuff. But, um. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Somebody got rid of his white cloth. <laughs> he never wanted it. And, 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 you know, and, and a shit on the MDs. Ah, shit. That, that came on my That wasn't me. Ah. <laughs> that man, was I hit me. the mute why button, was, too. Fuck. Why did everybody assume that was me? Because <laughs> all of you talked about that what you were drinking. Johnny written all over it. It wasn't even. Nah, it was me. I thought I was muted. God, it was. It was Damn me. it! <laughs> Fuck. You know what? You know what, Patriot <sighs> Man? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, you're you forgiven. Can... It was me. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, God, I said right before I took a. I was like, maybe I should double check to make sure I'm muted. No, I hit it before I put it in my pocket. Oh, I can't wait to hear that one back tomorrow when I listen to the podcast. That was inevitably going to happen eventually, and we made it (laughs) almost to 40 episodes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Anyways, sorry. (laughs) I heard that. Uh, All right. Well, we have 15 minutes left, and now, um, now, all right. Well, shit. I don't know what to say now. I'm trying to find a video of this. I'm trying to find a video of this boat sinking to the bottom of the ocean. It's the first time I, I, I got. I got something we should talk about briefly. Okay, this uh, the shooting in New York. Uh, oh today. yeah, I heard oh, something. Jesus. I heard something on the news today that kind of I, you know, did some math, and I was like, huh. So the uh, this is NPR reported this that he fired 33 rounds. Now, I had already heard that he had used a Glock pistol, so that tells me he had a Glock extended 33-round magazine for a 9mm. No. Now, Those are the, illegal in New York. The, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. <laughs> but, um, but so the, the one question or the one thing I was going to start telling people is, hey, you know what? I could see them very, very possibly trying to you know, a, a magazine capacity ban, trying it again because of that. And he tried scratch. It looks like he tried scratching serial numbers off the slide and the barrel. I mean, didn't mm-hmm. do a good job because Tenerfer is a very hard surface. Um, but uh, the well, other thing was, his, his, uh, 23, CIA 23 people were injured. 23 people were hurt in the incident. But only 10 mm-hmm. people were shot and no one died. But they made it, they, they were calling it a massacre. I know. I believe when you hold your pistol sideways. The other, 
I believe Scout talked about this the other day on his podcast, but yeah, 23 people were injured, 10 people were shot, no one died, but it's a massacre with apparently, as I think it was the New York, the mayor of New York City called it a weapon of mass destruction, unlike his weapon of ass destruction. Um, yeah, that a, a Glock pistol with a 33-round mag is now a weapon of mass destruction. But it's just something, you know, how convenient. You know, like I said, when you saw when I saw the picture where it looked like you tried scratching the serial numbers off, well, that looks like you tried to make it a ghost gun. Imagine that being in the news. That's hard to believe. I'm surprised it wasn't actually a, like a, a P80. Why would somebody Blame. scratch the serial number off of a pistol and then call a tip in on themselves? Because uh, that's what their FBI handler told them to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It's really quiet. You think he used full metal jacket or hollow points? I bet he used full metal jacket. Probably. You can, you can still read the serial number fine. Like oh, I yeah. Said, I mean... The, fin the finish on the Glock barrel, I don't know if that's Tenefer, but the, the Tenefer finish on a Glock slide is very hard, and mm -hmm. you have to have special tools to be able to do anything to a Glock slide because of it. But you can see where it looked like someone tried scratching it off on both. And uh, very I guess <laughs> I'm curious whether or not he yeah. uh, he drilled out the uh, the serial number band underneath the uh, dust cover <laughs> on, the on the actual frame. Well, so... I, I had my earphones out for a few minutes. Did anyone mention the whole camera issue? Yeah, the camera. Yeah, isn't that in funny? That area were just magically turned off. No, no there, there is, there is a. I, I'm trying to find the screenshot on our Twitter account of the actual stats on the cameras that were out at the time. And I mean, what, so I'm, I guess I'm so jaded that I just assume when I see something like this, particularly the day after when they announced the. The new ATF rule on ghost guns. I'm sitting there going, I know there's no way this is real, right? There's no way that this is obviously they're doing something to this. And I'm trying to find this picture. There were literally, there was like 1,400, I want to say, cameras that are in the subway system. Literally, this was reported by a local news station. The only three that weren't working. We're in that station. <laughs> yep. Like literally the not like oh there was twelve down they were spread across but three of them were you here. Know, literally the only fucking three were not working. Were there? You guys sound like a dude, bunch of off. friggin' conspiracy theorists, dude. Uh, Cameras cool. go down all the time. This is ridiculous. Yeah, especially At, in jail cells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no no there there it is there it is. I found I found I found it. This is CBS two New York CBS two New York. 10,000 cameras, 472 subway station, all operational except those three. <laughs> yes. So let, let's do that Priceless. percentage, right? Yeah. Three divided by 10,000 times 100. So literally 0.03% of the subway cameras were down, and they all happened to be in the spot where the shooting took place. Now factor I in the all odds. the frogs, all the frogs in that subway were gay. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, come Man. on, 
at one point do they realize that they can't I guess they're so used to lying about shit that like they think they can get away with anything, but like at some people point, don't pay attention to that shit. They don't give a fuck. They don't they don't think that that's odd. They don't know. They don't because they're too busy worrying about whatever's on the fucking are Okay. Notes. I got I have a theory. It was a bunch of oh, NYU theater majors. <laughs> and they they had a they had a flash mob of a shooting. And then they just got some crazy black dude to just admit he did the whole thing. <laughs> well, they well, faked the whole thing. Because Looking at the picture of him, like, I'm really struggling how he ran away. There's a saying there was a bunch of crisis actors. Well, well yeah. Uh, well, and, he, and he said, he said, the cri- he said, he said, you know how convenient that nobody died. Right. I mean, nobody people died. Shot, yeah. It's but so crazy yeah, that nobody 23 died. 23 people so what's funny is the fact that there were more people that were clumsy than actually got shot. Oh, yeah. Well, he's shooting at people inside people of a injured. subway. Yeah. It, inside of a subway car. Like, there isn't exactly a whole lot of room to, like, dip, duck, dodge, dive, and dodge. Dodge. You just use my name in vain. You just use my name in vain. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, like, how – like. Everyone's either funneled away from you, running away from you, at which point you're just shooting into like a blob of people, or they're literally sitting an arm's reach across from you. How did he miss and not kill anybody? That's well, fucking that's, crazy. That's dude. It's, 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 well, yeah, somebody pointed out in the comments that it was a handgun, and that's a very fair thing to bring up. Is that that is, and, fair. and he did that, have a, ga- that, a gas mask on, and there were smoke grenades that he. Yeah, handguns are really shitty stoppers of people. But they're, also, they're a self defense first aid kit. You use them to yeah. fight your way back to a rifle if you want to fight for real. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hundred percent true. I, I just I'm so tired of these fucking shooters being like, oh yeah, the feds investigated them. Um, and found nothing wrong. Information until the time well, it was set them off. Was a was a vaccine against. Apparently, COVID was a vaccine against mass shootings. Right. I, I, you know what? That's a great point. I never noticed three that mass shootings in the last four weeks. Yep. Right. It's, I it's... mean, as soon as we took the masks off in federal buildings, yeah. That's what it is. It's because they took the masks off in federal buildings. Now it's because they needed the on. new current thing. Yeah. The new yeah. current thing. The the COVID wore off, so we needed Ukraine. Ukraine started wearing off a little bit. So we needed mass shooting. Now you know we're gonna get what what's the what's gonna be the next current thing though? Like that, that's yeah, take a bet. We're playing disaster bingo. Disaster bingo. Disaster Deadpool. Yeah. Sad <laughs> yeah. man. Like wow. something. Something gonna happen. Well, I mean, Fal- Falsy has already said that we're gonna have a recurrence of COVID in the fall. Oh yeah, his ass popped back yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, he said that's that cool. like two days, three days ago. Wait, you, mean, so cool. you, mean, you mean a, a coronavirus yeah. is going to flare up in, in what's normally yeah. considered flu season? That's fucking crazy. Who could have seen yeah, that I, coming? It, a, a virologist of all people. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm not a biologist, so. 
Well, that's because your first name isn't Jumanji. <laughs> I, I would I would not think of her other than Jumanji now, and that is so funny. And, and I love your explanation right for it. So good. And that's all I needed. That was all the confirmation I needed to know that I was doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, the listeners shit. are now going to be thinking Jumanji Brown. Jumanji well, supposedly the dude Brown. Did, went on the he went on the shooting spree because he was finally fed up when he found out she was married to a white dude. <laughs> no, that's that is that's that oh, is supposedly no. was the last straw for him. Oh man, and that's going to be hard to spin. Well, no, that's what that's man. He just couldn't, that's what he couldn't deal with was it. the final straw for him was she's married to a white dude, and and he finally decided to flip his titties and 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, the moves. Yeah, yeah. You know, he reminds me. If you see his picture, he reminds me of the dude who had the minigun in uh, Predator, real bad. If you look at if you look at the shooter and the Jesse guy, Ventura? I forget the actor's name. Yeah, if you look at them next to each other, I'm pretty sure that's who I'm thinking of. They look Jesse super Ventura similar. or Bill Duke. Uh, you're thinking Bill Duke when he picked it up and he and he dropped the dropped the jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, him. He did the seven thousand round. Uh, um, yeah, he count. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually measured it one time. I I, I took the, a uh, a time hack on it and figured out at the lowest rate that a minigun would fire, he would have fired over like seventy five hundred rounds. <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a that's a hell of a combat. Yeah, it is. Well, talk about a combat loadout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have definitely needed to train. Yeah, I was gonna say all, all my squad members hate me. Have... Right, and... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was the biggest dude anyway. I mean, him and him and Bill Duke were, yeah. So they, they could handle it. Now that I googled him, he's seventy-nine. Damn. <laughs> Bill Duke or, or Jesse Ventura? <laughs> Bill Duke. Bill Duke, seventy-nine, yeah. born in February twenty-six, nineteen forty-three. Yeah. Man, that's old. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a night. Yes. Good times, man. Good times. Well, with just under three minutes left on the clock, guys, a lot of great discussion tonight. Definitely uh, talking about the outlaw Frank James in New York. Um, <laughs> I hope his brother don't pop up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the outlaw. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. But um, anyway, with that said, just real quick, um, any last words, chime in for this session of Sons of Liberty? Uh, if uh, if you guys out there have uh, have weapons that, that take what is the government considers to be an extended magazine, go go buy as many as you can. Just just do it because yep. even if they don't, they're, they're you know. Take it from me because I remember when the ban went into effect in '94, and when Glock thir- 13 round Glock 21 mags cost 80 bucks a piece. Nuts. You know, and and 70. I sold 75 round drums that I had that I paid 25 dollars for. I sold them for 150 dollars a piece because I got rid of the 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 RPKs that I had. And yep. 
Yeah, I'm just saying it's, you know, you can always use them as trade goods and, and whatever else, but, but you really, you really need to have uh, the, the uh, feeding devices, or the weapons you have, because if you only have two or three, you're yep. wrong. Um, and I mean, I just, I just bought another, another box of 20, uh, 20 mags for my, my uh, PTR 91. <clears throat> they're like seven bucks piece for brand new aluminum mags. So, but you, I mean, Magpul, whatever, you know, they're cheap. They're cheap. Has a great section of mags. Um, uh, Palmetto State Armory has their $10, $9 GI aluminum mags. I, 100% JC. Uh, I'm buying more mags. I'm probably going to buy another 50 or 60 AR mags. Um, Get them now because they are going to be instant. Yep. Um, the thing I'm at is go over holes. Um, so is a perfect. Yep. And with that said, guys, we are out of time. Last call. For the bar here on Sons of Liberty, folks, it was an absolute honor to be with you. Have a wonderful Easter. Remember to spend time with the family. Be incredibly thankful for what everything that the Lord has blessed us with. And God bless resident. all of you. We'll be talking to you again very, very soon. Sensi Scout, out. Amen. Amen.